Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. As we continue our line of study this morning on the ministry of the prophetic, we're going to continue looking at the life of Jehoshaphat in each of the situations and circumstances that we've looked at concerning Jehoshaphat. We see the need of seeking for him the help of the prophetic ministry in order to know the direction of God for the nation, for his leadership, for the things that pertain to Judah. In what we're going to be reading today in the book of First Kings chapter 22, it concerns the nation of Israel and the king of Israel, who at that time was Ahab. He was a wicked and evil king because of Jezebel. And the things that he did provoked the Lord uh, greatly. And therefore, God had told him a couple of things in uh, in the prophetic concerning what was going to happen to him, concerning what was going to happen to his descendants. And since the news was not good, basically, he really had no hope whatsoever. In other words, like, why bother to ask God? If he's not going to hear me, why bother to ask God if I'm already condemned? Why bother to ask God if he's not going to answer my prayer anyway? So he decides to seek out Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and ask for his help. Recognizing, well, you know, God does hear Jehoshaphat and uh, maybe because of him, I can hang on to his coattail and maybe... I can ride into a blessing into heaven through him or something like that. So that's what we're looking at in this story. They're going to be attacked by a certain uh, nation. And he wants to be able to protect himself. He knows his army is too small. They're insufficient as far as the forces that they have compared to the other army. But joining forces with Jehoshaphat will increase his chances of winning Uh, the battle, and surviving. Uh, So let's start reading in verse 4. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, this is the king of uh, Israel, Ahab, Wilt thou go with me to battle, to Ramoth of Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, I am as thou art, and my people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And basically... He uh, he said, yes, we'll go. Uh, uh, one of the things that we had mentioned in one of our other studies was that Jehoshaphat, different than his uh, father Asa, he did not fight against Ahab, but actually had made a peace treaty or had uh, actually uh, uh, tried to keep the peace. And it says, and <clears throat> the king, and Jehoshaphat said unto the king, of Israel, inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king, in other words, he was expecting the king to have his prophets and to inquire of the Lord of what was the word for that very day, not for tomorrow, not week from now, not a year from now, but for today. I pray thee at the word of the Lord today. And then the king 
of Israel gathered the prophets together. Notice, not one, but many. About 400 men. And he said unto them, Shall I go up to Ramoth of Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into thy hand, or into the hand of the king. Now, normally before the question is asked, many times the Lord has already spoken and given the answer. At other times, the prophets will inquire, like Elijah with an S, where he said, bring me a minstrel. And then the word of the Lord was able to come. But in this sense, these guys just started rattling off. I mean, just right off of the top of their heads. And I guess they wanted to please the king and give him something he wanted to hear. But there was no prophetic message in there. There was nothing here from God or from the Lord himself. And Jehoshaphat recognized this. Because he said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides these? He didn't say besides these prophets. He recognized that which is not true immediately. Uh, he, he, he was not going to be deceived by the religious actions of these individuals which had absolutely no life of God or power of God or revelation of God whatsoever. So Jehoshaphat uh, says, uh, wait a minute here. There's 400 of you saying the exact same thing. That doesn't always mean that, you know, just because the, the individuals are the majority, that that means it's the right thing to do. Jehoshaphat says, is there not here a prophet? Not prophets, many, but just one. Isn't there at least one prophet of the Lord? I'm not sure who these guys are prophets of, but they're definitely not prophets of the Lord. And once again, Jehoshaphat wanted to inquire, just like David wanted to inquire. And it says, And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, for he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Can you imagine that? Even the king recognized that only one individual out of the whole bunch of prophets did not agree with the king. And the king took it to heart personally. And he said, I hate him. Well, that's not a good thing to do whatsoever. Uh, uh, hatred, according to Jesus, in the heart is considered murder. And it says, And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes, in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets all the prophets prophesied unto them. In other words, they were showing that they are the leaders, they represent their nations, and we want to hear from God. We want to hear the word of the Lord, what it is that we should do. 
And they're all prophesying. They're all saying all these things before them. And Zedidiah, the son of Shenana, uh, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord. Now this is the breaking of the commandment of the Lord, in that thou shalt not take of the name of the Lord in vain. You may say, why he wasn't cursing or cussing. No, he was using the name of the Lord to do something which he was not told to do. It's like it's like using somebody's name and say, oh, in the name of, uh, you know, by the way, so-and-so. No, this was a, a, a complete contradiction of the scripture. Thus saith the Lord, with these thou shalt push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. As we have mentioned before when we talked about personal prophecy uh, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 from verse onward, from 1 onward, where it talks about, you know, uh, prophecy is for the edification and uh, uh, basically for the building up of the, of the church for comfort. So all prophecy should be judged. We should just not accept it because it came out of somebody's mouth, which is holy. But we should accept it because it's according to the word of God. It doesn't contradict it. It does not have 99.9 truth and .001 lie. It's all 100% truth. Well, this guy, Zedidiah, was basically saying that with his horns, that you were going to be able to push the Assyrians back until they are consumed. And the prophets prophesied so saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hands. Now remember that true prosperity comes from receiving the prophetic word of God, hearing it, obeying it. If it's not the word of God, then how can there be any prosperity or blessing behind it? But in this case, since uh, that one individual prophet along with all the others, uh, they were lying. They knew they were lying. They knew they or they were so self-deceived, they actually believed. But the God that they were receiving this was not the Lord God, but it was Satan. Or a familiar spirit of some sort. So it says, And all the prophets prophesied, saying, Say on, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. He definitely was not going to prosper. Especially after the Lord had already told him what was going to happen to him. Now many times judgment is averted because of uh, intercession. And God will turn away. But there's some things that are not if. They are not conditional. They are thus saith the Lord. This is going to happen. And basically, uh, Ahab had already been told that he had come under judgment. So no amount of intercession was going to save him or his descendants eventually. They would all come under judgment. It would be like saying, the Lord tells Balaam, I'm telling you, don't go with these men. But because of his greed and want for money, he wanted to go with them. So he says, God, I'm asking you, let me go with him. Go ahead. Go. That, that's what you want to do. Go. 
but I'm not giving you the green light to do it. So he went, and you know the story, how that donkey began to uh, speak after he had hit him up against the wall and uh, avoided the angel of the Lord uh, slicing and dicing them to bits uh, because of disobeying the word of the Lord. Even though it seemed that the Lord had told him, go ahead and do it, he did not tell. He had already given his word, do not do this. So Ahab clearly knew what the consequences were going to be of him doing whatever he wanted. It says in verse number 13 of chapter 22 of 1 Kings, And the messenger that was gone to call Micah, spoke unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. Wait a minute. If you're a prophet of God, you can't be told by anybody what to say. But, in the days that we live today, many will basically heap up to themselves teachers or people that they want to hear them say what they want to hear. They don't want to hear anything that is not uh, what they want to hear. They just want to hear good. Don't tell me about any judgments. Don't tell me about any curses. Don't tell me about repentance. Don't tell me about this. Don't tell me about that. Just tell me how I'm going to be rich, how God's going to bless me, and, and, and all these other things. When it's the man of God, and he is being used in the ministry of the prophetic, there are no ands, ifs, or buts. It is going to be, thus saith the Lord, and however it comes out, it must be heard, must be received and obeyed. Of course, you know, we have to take into account that, you know, we do have to judge that prophecy. It has to be judged according to the word of God. It has to be tested and proved and then obeyed and done. And then finally, <clears throat> Micah says in verse 14, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. That is the true prophet. I'm not going to try to save my life by having to sit back and be afraid and scared because I might say something that will offend you. But I am going to say exactly what God needs you to hear because that is the word for today. That is the word for the now. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination as we continue tomorrow and see what happens with, Josh, with Jehoshaphat and with King Ahab in this story. Until then, the Lord richly bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.